Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 4th of July 2022. Right, old crop wheat, 260x. I do not see that changing very much. There is plenty of it left. If anything, it might drift back a little bit if someone's really gagging to move it. But bluntly, there isn't a lot of loss if you carry it into new crop. If you've got storage, you can certainly cover that cost again. So there will be still some stuff trading. And obviously, the month of July, we're waiting for the new crop to be cut before there's an abundant supply. But there is more than enough around. And I think everyone has realized that. Maybe somewhere deep down in the future, someone who's kept hold of grain right the way to the very end, assuming it's going to turn into five million pounds a ton or something, will learn a little lesson from this. All of us had that thought in mind if we keep a little bit will will we sell it for a lot more money there does come a point for all anyone who trades farmer consumer merchant when you have to look and say do you know what this is very good way better than I thought it was going to be I'm going to go for it with all your analysis of what happens next demand gets destroyed there's things happen there's always somebody holding a bit that's just going to undermine the market so yeah lesson to be learnt you know wiseness comes after the event and all that but just log that one somewhere deep down in your conscience for the future so that's all the old crop price there is because everything else is finished on old crop and we look as harvest begins to the early signs are that the winter barley crop from what we've seen is good it's a boldish sample the nitrogens are in a reasonable range very limited samples rub out samples and things that we've looked at can be deceptive because you perhaps don't pick the little thin ones up when you're when you're picking ears to rub out but in reality i think we're looking at an okay winter barley crop uh, and in some cases good and in some cases very good yields as well so touch wood everything will go swimmingly we've got two or three days of sort of showers and sunshine nothing's really fit yet so next weekend somewhere around about the 7th 8th i think we'll start seeing new crop samples in earnest uh, and deliveries to the store so yep it all begins again and for the first time in my career i'm going to be missing on the first few days of harvest the wife's made me go on holiday so shock i shall be a really good company i'm quite certain <laughs> so moving on to values for new crop let's start with all seed rape we're looking at 575 delivered store is a rough value at this point in our lives. It's been a violent drop in that market. They're still very good prices. It means over £600 a tonne if you get a normal bonus with it. That is, if you go back to your original budgets, a good price. So let's not be deluded by that. Will there be harvest pressure? Possibly. I think there will. There's quite, in my view, a good-looking crop coming. We shall see on that, but it looks promising. So moving on to feed barley. Possibly it's got a bit too cheap. 230x or slightly more than that is is its value. There is no real demand for shipping on it at the moment and the consumers aren't really that fussed. It's quite a big discount to wheat. I guess if someone's got to move it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to put it into store. Haulage rates are such now that, you know, say 10 quid to haul it in, 
10 quid to haul it out. There's 20 quid you've got to make in the carry, and then you've got to pay a store 12, 13, 14 quid for storing it. So it's £34 a tonne increase versus the harvest price. Well, there isn't a forward price that justifies that at the moment. So, yeah, feed barley could get a bit more of a kicking. And 230 for some strange reason, sounds quite cheap, but I, I suspect that's going to drift a bit more. But I don't think post-harvest that will be anywhere near as cheap as that. So it's kind of, if you've got the storage, it's probably done enough on the downside now. But if you do need to sell it, I don't think it has done enough on the downside. It's, it's going to come down, I think. Feed wheat, harvest time at this moment in our lives, 248x or 255 delivered store. We've got certain stores that have got some capacity to fill. In our case, it's the Holcomb store next to, next to Walsingham, and then there's the South Pickenham store. The rest of our stores are pretty well already earmarked against tonnage that we've got bought. So it, we have less capacity available this year, bearing in mind the expected size of the harvest and the obligations we've got to the people who own storage. With that subject in mind, I'm also delighted to announce that the sale of storage space at Yeargram, which we haven't mentioned who the purchaser was, we've moved into a storage agreement with Simpsons Malt, who purchased some storage space at Cantley, and we look forward very much to working closely with Simpsons with the tonnage they have going into the, into the store there, managing that crop for them. It's made a big difference to the available tonnage for sale i.e there is none in norfolk at the moment because we've just sold all the rest of it to them but looking ahead the intent of the cooperative at Aylsham and the central store at Yeargrain is to look to expand look to promote farmers working together as a unit to increase their strength and try and avoid being monopolized by bigger american type companies so it's something that uh, as we look ahead hopefully it will be a very strong brick in our wall and make us a little bit bigger and bolder on the farm so feed wheat, harvest 248, 255 delivered store, November 256x. Interestingly, the X farm price at the moment is a full £15 under the futures. The consumption market is not really bidding, and if they do, they're bidding £2 under the futures delivered. Add into that the much higher haulage rates to get to these consumers, and you come down to a place where the merchant will not make any money unless he bids £15 under. Now that is quite a frightening prospect. In a sense, it makes futures look an incredibly good price. So if you consider that, all of our store members who are in our central stores get futures price less our marketing commission, which compared to X Farm is now an enormous difference. So you almost pay for your storage just purely in that fee week price alone. So if anyone's got a big enough store and they want the expertise to possibly gain the advantage of that, we are the company with the greatest expertise. In fact, the only company that is actively promoting and doing this you may as a big unit look very heavily at your storage if you've got more than 5,000 tons of storage and you've got the capacity to have a weighbridge there you may well be able to become a registered future store as long as you have the right professional attitude and you can value the increase in prices having dedicated staff to do that particular job it's something that maybe you should give us a ring about well, certainly openly, freely give you advice on how to do it, and then you, you can take it from there. Malting barley has gone through a crazy period. There are some very strange prices out there. It's difficult to trade a, a commodity that you don't know is going to be the right spec. Plenty of time for the crop to get ruined yet. The weather could really be adverse, as we all know. So you may as well, if you bear in the back of your mind that I think malting barley will be £300 a tonne plus pretty well regardless. I think it's the die is cast on that one. Maybe if the crop is bigger than anticipated and everything passes there may be a bit where the market gets a proper kicking and brings it much closer to the feed barley price 
But if you consider there is currently a £100 a tonne premium near us, damn it, for malting barley overfeed, that's way wider than it normally is. And I think that let's be a little cautious on that. I just don't see enough pressure to come to take it below 300 in the immediate future. So let's get the crop. When you know the spec of it, make a decision and get it, get it out of your hand and get paid for it, would be my advice. So what's going on in the marketplace generally? I think heat in Europe is a big issue. Uh, Italy's extreme drought is one of the places I'm going on in my short time away. So I'll go and visit dried up Italy. The market in recent weeks, or this week, it recovered most of the week and then had a bit of a kicking last night. But largely the, the market rallied during this week, £10 a tonne, following a £33 drop the previous week. The underlying mood still seems to be downward in my view. This is partly to do with technical selling, because the charts are showing it's the right thing to do. So those spotty white-faced people that sit behind screens all day are predicting it should be going down because of some lines. Well, you can laugh at them or not. In the end, they sometimes have a big influence on our market, and they've been involved. The funds have also been exiting their long position. So it isn't necessarily the agricultural community that's been selling it, but people are exiting those commodities. Corn in the States is now down to the price it was at prior to the war in the Ukraine. So that's possibly something it may be getting near the bottom end of its range, but it's certainly had a a proper drop in the past few weeks. I'm beginning to see a a reluctance from farm to sell. Nah, this doesn't sound right. And certainly the 2023 crop, which is kind of 225 for November 23x farm, is beginning to sound not very much money above the cost of production. It is still a profit, but how much downside is there to that? Obviously, depending on how long the war grinds on and other effects but don't forget the ukraine war has happened or is happening and don't forget that their production inevitably is going to be impaired with that the logistics are going to be affected and right the russians can nick a few tons of wheat and flock it but there's lots of that wheat is not going to make it to market or is not going to be able to be stored correctly and on top of that the weather in the world is misbehaving quite regularly so that is an ongoing thing climate change is real and it is going to be something that gives crops a harder and harder time to produce optimum yields okay i think that's enough market information don't you Yeah, it's going to be the start of harvest. Let's all be optimistic about that. The interview this week is actually, I've interviewed Yulia Litinchenko, who is our Ukrainian family member in our homes for Ukraine. A lot of you have been asking me questions about how our Ukrainian friends are getting on. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to show off just how good she is at English. And I want you to bear in mind... Our conversation moves from serious to light, not because I'm a, you know, kind of shallow as a puddle bloke, but because in order for Yulia to say the things she wanted to say, actually pushing into detail leads to emotional overkill. It's a hideous scenario. We cannot imagine just how hideous it is, in fact, for all Ukrainian people. Some of Yulia's news feed is a lot more graphic than we see. It is an unsanitized news feed sometimes, and I don't like looking at it. Yeah, it's very heavy and it's their country i have such immense respect for the courage and resilience of this woman to leave home protect her daughter and deal with life with such dignity and optimism i cannot tell you how lucky we are as a family to have been given the gift of these two girls in our household or i will say in our family so with that please remember just how utterly unimaginable it would be if you were in the situation that this lady's in. So listen and do some thinking. 
Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Aylsham Show is back. Bank Holiday Monday, the 29th of August. The central theme to this year's show is highlighting Norfolk's importance as a primary food producer. Visitors will find something that caters to all tastes, from animal exhibitions and competitions to main ring displays, classic cars and agricultural vehicles, plus an extensive food and cookery zone, all in the beautiful surrounding of Blickling Park. The Aylsham Show, Bank Holiday Monday, 29th of August. We look forward to seeing you there. Okay, this week I have got with me a very, very special guest. I have got Yula, who is the mum of the Ukrainian family that have come to live with us. So, hello, Yula. Hello, Andrew. Hello, everybody. We're going to go through a number of questions. I heard so many people ask about my Ukrainian friends, and so I thought, why not? Yula's English is very good, and we therefore, you know, there's some things that perhaps one or two people would like to know about what it's like to be in the UK as a Ukrainian. So the first question I have for you, Yula, let's start with where in the Ukraine do you come from? I come from Ukraine, from Central. Okay, that's south of Kiev and a bit towards Russia, a bit that way. It's yes. kind of southeast of Russia, yeah? Yes. And at the moment, it is not in war, people are not bombing, or is it is it in trouble? What's happening? In this moment, uh, war in this in all of Ukraine, mm-hmm. yes, and in my uh, center, uh, in my village, it's a safe place. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what we'll be doing tomorrow. No, and sometimes helicopters or planes go over. Yes, at, yeah, yes, and sirenas every day for three times a day. Mm. Sirens, yeah. Sirens. Sorry. And mum and dad are still living in in your home, aren't they? Yes, of course, they stay at home. We see them every day on FaceTime, don't we? And yes, yes. Your, your mama course. says hello, and I say privet, and <laughs> that's all we can say to each other, me and your mum, isn't it? And wave. They are happy because we in safe. Yeah, that's well, that's lovely, isn't it? Although I don't think she really likes you not being there, does she? Because she's your mama. Yes, it's true. <laughs> So when you were in Ukraine, what was your job? What did you do over there? Then I was in Ukraine. I work the last. My job was uh, a job center. Mm-hmm. Interviewing people? Or uh, yes, interviewing people. and Helping them find jobs. Yeah, to choose a job for people. Okay, yeah. so an office-based find. job. And now that you're in the UK, what's your job now? <laughs> and now uh, it's my lovely job now here um, because I like cooking and I do it here uh-huh. with love and uh, everybody's uh, liked it yeah you work for bread sauce which yes. is a bakery le- yeah in norfolk which is a growing business and you work in the main head office in norwich don't you yes. making dropping yes. pies on the floor things like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and everybody goes hey well done you yeah <clears throat> So the reason you're working in Norwich is as much because we have managed to get your daughter, Ola, into a school in Norwich, haven't we? So you both can travel together and, you know, Ola is settled well in her school, hasn't she? Yes. I want to say that it's very difficult for Ukrainian people uh, 
to find job uh, what uh, they want to do or mm-hmm. what they can to do and uh, it's very difficult to find a job here yeah it is is there are jobs that you know so you worked in an office you were in a fairly high powered or good job and here you are working in a bakery which is fun but not you know you could do more is what you were saying yes i mean we we i met a ukraine man who is a air traffic controller who is you know working in a kitchen at a pub at the moment and it is very clear that that's an issue but i guess the reality is that you are keen to work you Mm -hmm. are a hard-working person and that's become clear to us yeah so you couldn't sit at home waiting for the perfect job no (laughs) no you thought i must get a job yes of course i i want to work to have money because my parents my uh friends uh people who stay in ukraine they need to support Mm -hmm. and the first money what i have here i uh sent them not all but yeah no i'm yeah I'm, yeah that's but that's yes. you isn't it Eula? thinking of everybody else um, <laughs> i mean when you when you arrived over here you was there was you and ola and there was one suitcase with your clothes in and you know it took five weeks didn't it from poland border to yes. finally getting yes. over to norfolk yes it was <laughs> very hard and difficult and a uh, lot of nerves to go here and I think I thought it was very long time to yeah it took too long to go because some other people went to other countries quite quickly didn't they yeah we were taking your fingerprints and taking Ola's fingerprints and we all uh, all together we we hope and uh, it was very nerve for everybody's more yeah. of nerves, yes. But we are here, and we are. No, that's absolutely. <laughs> you are here. So, what do you what do you think of the UK? Are you do you like the UK? The first my thing about UK was, oh my God, where is me? <laughs> what is the world? New world, everything new, and it was amazing, different, and I'm was in shock. But mm-hmm. now um, I have adaptation and. Um, I understand everything, uh, language. One word I like. <laughs> I like people very kind. Everybody's want to support us and uh, helping us. It's very, very important for, for me, for my daughter. Yes. Yeah, people. so people are friendly is yes. what you're saying and supportive. Yes. Good. And what do you think of like uh, supermarkets? Or you know, <laughs> we got have we got too much food? Or what? What is it like? Is it the same as home? Um, it's not the same like Ukraine, but similar. Mm-hmm. And um, it's okay. I like uh, some food, <laughs> not yeah. all. Yeah. Well, we went into a Polish supermarket, didn't we? And you bought yeah. that disgusting yes. fish thing, and then yes. you that, and that. What were they? Sunflower. Yes. Crispy things. I didn't like those. <laughs> <laughs> difference um, from Ukraine uh, food and yours food is you have a lot of food ready mm-hmm. salads and we need in Ukraine to make these salads it's uh, you keep your time no one has to think about food anymore you can just buy ready mixed ready made yes you know other than eating it for you everything is done yeah. And uh, it is lazy, and people have <laughs> lost connection with food. They don't understand what's in there, even, which is, I think, a sad thing. But maybe Ukraine will get to that one day the same. 
I think if <coughs> you very hungry, you can eat in everywhere in all world. <laughs> Absolutely. There is a one shop that's popular, isn't there, with, with Ola especially, which is Primark. Primark, yeah. yes. <laughs> it was the first shop for us and I think it's better shop for Ola. And she likes and it's because Primark, they have many colors, things. Yeah. And Every day a new dress. <laughs> yeah. Ola comes in. Oh. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> which is, yeah, no, that is lovely. So, yeah, so you are happy with how people are and you're happy with the shopping and the, you know, we live in, in the middle of nowhere, don't we? But you, you are from the countryside yourself, aren't you? You live in a, in a very small village in Ukraine. Uh, yes, um, I think we're very lucky because uh, you also live in a small village, yes, and um, uh, you have internet, <laughs> yeah. it's so. very important now, and you have everything for your life, for your easy life, it is very yeah, we, only, we have to drive two miles for a bus, don't we? And the internet speed is the same speed as a snail in the village I live in. There is no, it is not very quick. But if you were in the middle of Norwich or in London or in the middle of a city that, or some big villages, the internet is very quick, fast fibre. But here it will never be like that. You were telling me about your family planting potatoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, they uh, do it. Your job was plop, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and plop <laughs> represents uh, dropping the potato in the hole. Someone made the hole, Eula dropped the potato in and someone else covered it up. Is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Three, five potatoes in. <laughs> and they put five potatoes in each hole because, yeah. why? I don't get this. Well, we put one potato. I, we never did get to the bottom of why you put five in. <laughs> I don't know why. No. I need to ask my grand grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Why do you do this? Hmm? Well, it's, yeah, as I say, over here we have big machines and not many people growing their own potatoes. So what would you like to happen well, you know, while you're in the UK? What would be the best thing? Bearing in mind that when you came over, and for everyone must remember this, that when uh, Eula and Ola turned up, plans that you may have had previously disappeared. You have no plans because what, what happens next you don't know. And so you had to start from, you know, no plans. Yes. So what have you? What would you like to have? Um, maybe it's not about your country, but I think uh, my um, very best uh, uh, thing in my uh, head, yes, it's war in Ukraine, mm -hmm. and I want to, uh, that it it's need to stop the first. Uh, what about? Uh, uh, all yeah. people uh, think about it. And after I think about me, my daughter, and I come in here because um, I think in Ukraine I cannot do nothing uh, for stop to war. No. And here I can do uh, something for my family, for mm. my uh, friends, and to, to support them, to help them, and to be in good mood. Mm -hmm. And uh, my daughter, she isn't safe. And I. Yeah, your daughter's not always in such a good mood, is she? You, you're in good mood <laughs> every day. But, uh, school this morning, you Ola. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's true. And um, <clears throat> in in the future, maybe I cannot uh, say. No, we enough. don't know yet, do we? Yeah. Certainly, if the war stopped today, yes, it would take six months or a year for Ukraine to be strong enough to have people back and for everyone to trust Russia to allow people back because it might be a trick you know you you don't you can't rely on what they say yeah 
you know, it's very, I appreciate it's very difficult and it's a very kind of direct question and you've answered it very well, but it's for people listening yes. that, you know, they, they know there's a war. Yeah. But they're beginning to not watch it on the television because it's, you know, it's been terrible and now they kind of want to, I don't know, go swimming in the sea instead or something. But the reality for you is every day it's still happening, isn't it? And we, we yeah. when the shopping centre was hit, it was just so upsetting. And it, those things are real and very much in the news in, in your country, obviously, for you. Yes, you cannot forget <laughs> about this and uh, you Every day you woke up with uh, think yeah. about your parents, your every everybody who mm. lives in your country, yeah. and now you understand <coughs> how it's important for people who stay in Ukraine to be strong, to be in good mood and positive. The ideal scenario would be that Putin is defeated and you have all of Ukraine back and everybody's happy. What would be the perfect? Of course, it will be the perfect it uh, the war stopped, and uh, my country is uh, with all area and Crimea also Crimea yeah back for us we uh, all of us waiting for this, and nobody not die it's yeah. Obviously, that is the that's the real stark truth of this, isn't it? Is to have this conversation. There are people dying, and that the land has been taken. And at the moment, you know, Mr. Putin and his colleagues are denying everything and pretending that Ukraine is bombing its own cities. It's very strange behavior. And have you got a very special word for Mr. Putin? Yes, of course, uh, because uh, everybody who lives in Ukraine, my friend and they, and I think children also, they know uh, he's not Mr. He's special Huilo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, it's uh, about very uh, bad, bad, bad man. Okay. Yes, and uh, it's swear Ukrainian. It's, okay, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, well, there's nobody. Nobody will know exactly what you said unless they are Ukrainian. And most Ukrainians, I'm sure, don't listen to my podcast. But if anyone wants to look it up, you've already said whatever the word is. If you've got any other magic words about him, we're more than happy for you to say them. <laughs> but. Yes, he is obviously. Russia and Ukraine were supposed to be close as countries. Yeah, yeah of and course. So, was it a surprise that he suddenly did that? Well, he, he invaded Crimea, didn't he? So, I guess everyone yes. thought he was going to. It was Crimea, and after it was Donetsk, Luhansk, mm. uh, his. Uh, he's take this territory, our territory, and uh, he think maybe we are uh, meeting uh, army, you, uh, Russia mm-hmm. army, uh, with uh, kissing, and mm. we like to to meet uh, his army. But Ukraine uh, is very strong, my country. It's very clear yeah. that your country does not want to be invaded. Although some areas of Luhansk and Donetsk were Russian speaking and a little bit more pro-Russian in places, but the bulk of the rest of the country clearly is not very happy. Yes, of course. Nobody not happy with war, and uh, all world supports Ukraine, and the, uh, 
everybody think about Putin. Mm. He is stupid because he, I think he is, uh, don't understand what he want. He, he want to, to go in history about him or... Mm-hmm. Well, he's got short man syndrome, we call it. I mean, he's a man who, yes, he in his vision of the world, everything belongs to Russia anyway. And in, I think in his words, if there's no Russia, what's the point of the world? And he threatens everybody and he's telling all of the Russian people. I think the biggest disappointment is the Russian people. Yes. Who believe yes. every word he says. I find that very strange. We have um, relatives in Russia. My uncles uh, mm. live uh, there, and now we stopped uh, talking with them because they are watching TV, mm-hmm. and um, they that, believe that you are bombing, yeah. bombing yourselves. Yeah, they believe, and uh, I think most of people in Russia they believe, of course. And Putin has support of his peoples. Yeah, well, yeah. the television and the everything that they are told is very clearly Russia is on a special military operation and you are Nazis and, and all the rest of it, which yes. is just silly. Yes. Um, but, you know, we get back to the point. He misjudged. I think he thought that Ukraine would lose in a yeah. week. I think yeah. he thought Russia is so great it would walk in and win just like that because they are Russian. And they forgot that the Ukraine is a big part of their army in, in history. Yeah. And the Ukrainian fighting men were some of the toughest fighting men in the world. And they are now realizing that they will not win in a week, obviously, or a month or two months or five months. And I don't know, it's going to be hopefully over soon. But at the moment, we can't see that, can we? Oh, we hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about something a little bit lighter, okay? Yeah. Because every day or every now and again we talk about it, but in the rest of the time we have to live our life, don't we? And we have to wake up in the morning. And I'd, I would like you to recite to me, when you had your English lessons with your English teacher, yeah. what you had to say every time the teacher came in the room yes. in the morning. Go on. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. I'm glad to see you. <laughs> And that, that is what I greet Eula with most mornings now and a cup of a, a cup of disgusting Earl Grey tea, which she likes for some reason. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, because we had a conversation at the tea table with Tessa about Ukraine man and English man. And Tessa said, oh, they are all the same. Like this. And I kind of looked at you and you and you said, no, not really. Not really, because I saw... Your family, yes, mm. and it was family different. Uh, Ola, mm. uh, friend, uh, also a British family. They do the same. I mean, a woman and man. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very different from Ukraine. Because are, are you listing all you English ladies who think we're terrible? Because there's a little lesson for you. If when the war's over, you pop over to Ukraine and learn how <laughs> real men act, while us wimpy English men. Do the washing, do the cooking, <laughs> do the cleaning, do the... Yeah. Yeah, we share, don't we? <laughs> I think it's very... Um, uh, it's good. It's very good uh, thing uh, what you're doing, uh, man and uh, man in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Ukrainian men, they don't help. So when a man comes home from work yeah. in Ukraine, what does he do? Uh, he on TV yeah. and uh, go to bed 
and or sit on the sofa. Oh, uh, yeah. sofa, yeah, to drink beer or some tea and said, "Oh, woman, give me please some <laughs> cigaretta." <laughs> <laughs> or give me please to eat something. <laughs> uh, she said, I'm not cooking now. Why you don't cooking now? And yes. Yeah, sounds like yes. a good place to go. Yeah, so boys, <laughs> <laughs> find yourself a Ukrainian girl and don't tell her how it really is. I mean, that gives me great joy, obviously living in a house where, you, where you're told you don't do anything. But, it, you know, it does strike me that there is almost like a time warp a bit there's some things that we do maybe yeah that's just it just seems a little bit like it was when I was a boy in not that my dad didn't do <laughs> jobs but yeah it, some of the stories that you tell me and some of the some of the farming things that you say are still very physical there's lots of people doing jobs that every day every day in Ukraine now we have most of uh, hard work who has uh, who lives in village who has planting and uh, because we grow and we don't uh, buy in supermarket everything every day my parents they go and shop one or two times on week and buy a little bit uh, food and yeah. do we we go and yeah. stuff out with loads of stuff in the supermarket or get it delivered yes. chuck food <laughs> all sorts of terrible we are very wasteful and lots of our food is unhealthy because it's pre-made as we said at the start of this conversation i think i'd like to you know now that the listeners who've asked me questions about our ukrainian friends yula is as you can see very good at english um, oh thank you <laughs> and it's you know and it's got better your english yeah. i haven't quite got a norfolk accent yet but we're working on that and i think all i would say that the the way that we've dealt with it as people is yula and ola have become part of the family we i think we both feel this don't we yula yes it, yes it, we're feeling it you know yeah, i'm i'm going to be old dad and you're you know naughty girl and your daughter's <laughs> even naughtier than you are but no i you know we we're living like it's a family yeah and and no matter what happens we will always be part of each other's lives now won't we you know one day we will drive over to ukraine and i will give your mama a kiss on each cheek and go live yeah. it yeah it will be as soon i hope yeah. the war is well, we will do it yeah, we, it'll we happen will you yeah. know we will come over there we will be at you know ola's wedding whatever we will be forever linked because of this experience it's been yeah, very yeah. positive for us it's been very lovely yes and it's been eye-opening it's been really emotional i don't know there's something very good about it it makes tessa and i and all right the girls lily's been fabulous mole's been a little less certain of it but she's only 12 but it's been a very interesting and lovely experience for us and i hope it remains that for us and for you for me and for my daughter it's uh, something um something amazing and because your family is very 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 beautiful kind and more good <laughs> word we're, we're not very good at compliments julio you have yeah. to say something like oh. it's okay really <laughs> that's okay <laughs> Uh, no, no. <laughs> We're happy, aren't we? It, yeah, it, it, we we all are happy, uh, and uh, it's very important in your life if you can to do people happy. Yes, yeah. if 
uh, if, if you can make people it's happy. It's true, yes. Mm -hmm. And some uh, Ukrainian people who come in your country or who come in your uh, city, I saw they all happy and maybe some somebody don't understand uh, your support it's very very big support f from your country from your people mm. and maybe with time they uh, understand this but um, we are I want to say from everybody's from Ukrainian people very very big Thank you, and um, I'm very happy to, to be here, to be in safe, to be in lovely family and in lovely country. Julia, you're, you're fabulous. Well done, oh, you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.